as early adopters and enthusiasts, one of the things that we love to do is build things that nobody actually wants. We get so excited about this technology and we just start building something because it seems like a great idea to us. However, there is no business model behind it. There's not enough people that need this thing. It's not solving a real problem. However, today I'm going to throw one out there that I was thinking about and based on some interactions on Twitter, it just gave me a great idea for a business plan. But of course, as I'm sharing this, there is a major caveat that I will share at the end. Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real world value. Before I get started, I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this stuff. And if you're enjoying this content that I've been putting out, whether it be the newsletter that was just relaunched or the podcast, if you're interested in supporting the show, you can do so at niftybusiness.show slash support. Of course, there's no ads or sponsors, so greatly appreciate any support, whether it be likes, retweets, whatever it may be. But that is one great way you can support the show. Niftybusiness.show slash support. But Getting to this topic that is at hand, of course, I spoke about we love to build things that we are excited about, but it doesn't solve a real world problem. Now, when it comes to launching businesses, one of the major things that any of these startup people will speak about is something called TAM, Total Addressable Market. And unfortunately, a lot of the times when we get so excited about this technology, we start building these solutions and these projects or whatever it might be, and there is just no total addressable market. It's very small, maybe just us and our friends. Or even if you really get to the heart of it, a lot of the times if you speak to these founders that are building this tech, it doesn't even solve their own problem. However, for whatever reason, they got so excited and they launched this thing. But what we're going to discuss about today is actually addressing the fact that we all have a serious trash issue when it comes to the news and the media and everything that is out there. So the way this idea actually came to me is by surfing Twitter and interacting with various personalities and people in the space. And quite a few of them I came across that left the journalism world, whether it be a news reporter writing articles or actually on TV and started creating various content and doing some interesting things in the space. And one of the people that I watch and tune into is Girl in the Verse, and that's really where it sparked all of this because she has a background in news. There's so many journalists that are leaving the traditional space, coming over into Web3 and doing all sorts of different things, but it would be very interesting to see how these two things could actually combine using the fact that the blockchain is trustless. There's immutable information, meaning that the information is stored up there. It cannot be changed or altered. And anything that happens to the record has a verifiable digital trail, if you will. It makes it very interesting for the verifiable data. And for the fact that with the blockchain, there's a lot of anonymity, meaning that we don't directly know the person that we're sending the money to or interacting with on the blockchain. And a lot of the times reporters have their sources and they don't necessarily verify who it is by stating their name and showing their ID, especially if they're a whistleblower, they want to stay anonymous. So combining all this together, I came up with this idea by using the immutable blockchain information. First of all, the idea that actually came from this was 
earlier this year, there was a new law that was passed, and I'm not even going to go into exactly where it was because it's just going to open up a bag of worms, and I don't want to go on that, and it's going to seem like a political statement or whatever it is. Nope, not my intention or whatever. So a law was passed, and I wanted to verify the old information. So of course, if you're not familiar with it, there is the Wayback Machine, which has an archive of every website that's on the internet, every version of it, and you can go all the way back to my t-shirt company from back in 2006, seven, eight, when I was in college and I can see the different versions and all the crazy ideas and the websites and designs that I came up with, I can find that. However, when it came to this law, I wanted to see what the old version of this particular government website actually said. And guess what? It was completely changed for whatever reason within the archive, it was no longer accessible. It only showed the current version. It has all the indexed ones and the old version with the old information was not there. It only showed the new version. I thought that was very weird. Now, there's a whole bunch of conspiracies with different things and all sorts of things. Again, like I said, not going down that rabbit hole, not mentioning the specific topic or what law it was or anything of that nature. But there is all sorts of reports of this sort of thing. And just looking through history, we can see where history has been rewritten time and time again. There is a saying that history is told by the victors. And of course, that is why the good guys always win. Because why? The villain, if they win, they always present the story as being good. So there's always a spin to history. But anyways, the point of this is verifiable information. We all have those trust issues, and that's what the blockchain is great at. A permanent record of information is stored up there documenting everything. So it is really great for that sort of thing. So when it comes to a newspaper article citing some data or transaction information or anything of that nature, we can look back and say, wow, you know what? They rewrote history. The things that were said on social media, those posts are deleted and things of that nature. However, if things are linked to the blockchain as this is the evidence, this is how things actually happen. Very interesting there. So the idea was using that immutability of the blockchain to then cite sources, have information and pointing to records that are directly there on the blockchain, just using that transaction number, using the information, the block, all that stuff. And there you have your citation for your information. Then when it comes to the verifiability of things, as I said, the internet constantly changes. So records change, history changes, people rewrite books. And if you look at Cold War history, things that were happening in the old Soviet Union after the revolution, they were literally erasing people from pictures. They were changing history in a favorable way of Joseph Stalin. But it doesn't matter where you are in the world, where you are in history, the same thing happens time and time again. So when it comes to verifiable proof, verifiable information, and of course, news, which is something that we all want in one form or another, but most of us have a disdain, a distrust for traditional news medias, because they're basically propaganda arms of whatever government, whatever party, whatever it might be that is in power at this point. And we don't even know who we can trust because a lot of the times they just put their own spins on it. Depending which side that you're leaning on, where your news source is, that same story will be told in exactly different light. And then when you listen to an eyewitness person that was there, you find out that, guess what? Neither of them are telling the truth and it was nothing like that. Well, when it comes to these sources, information that actually can be tracked and verified digitally blockchain news and blockchain sources, I think would be a very cool thing. 
And lastly, when it comes now to the anonymity of things, we're talking about sources that are whistleblowing. They might be giving some information and pointing things out, but guess what? They don't necessarily want to be identified. They don't want to necessarily connect with someone and show their ID or show their face or anything of that nature, just like how we have Undox founders and things of that nature and people that are millionaires and billionaires that we'll never know who they are because they're just interacting. We just know the wallet ID and so forth. Well, as we move forward, and we're having digital identities, being able to prove who we are without actually identifying ourselves, that we have access to certain information and so forth, it would be very interesting. So the whole model of this thing now, of course, all the details aren't necessarily panned out and I'm just throwing this out there. Hey, if you're interested in this sort of thing and you want to piece it together, feel free to run with it. And you might be wondering, why am I throwing this out if it's such a great idea? Because at the end of the day, Great ideas don't make great businesses. It's all about execution. And I just know, I just don't necessarily have the passion and the drive and the know, know with all and the connections to bring this business to life. But I think it would be a very cool idea. If this is something that you're interested in. Why not? Try to build a platform where you're then using the data, the information that's on the blockchain. Basically, think of it as a chain of information, if you will. So think of how there is Twitter. Remember back in the day when you couldn't edit Twitter? Just imagine if there was the news source, these documentation, the sources and so forth using blockchain technology that was there, it was verifiable, edited and so forth. And then you could communicate with verified sources that then could tap in, could check and share information that is also on the chain and all sorts of things like that, I think it would be very cool. And of course, it's accessing the whole thing for the public because guess what? If something breaks, a story is broken and it is up there on this news platform that is decentralized, stored on the blockchain and so forth, then people can go do their own research, check the blockchain, check the record to see if anything of the sort is actually going like that. And then guess what? If that source happens to be wrong, that record is there. They can't just go to their website and change it and act like nothing happened. Say, nope, we didn't say that. What actually happened was you misread it. No, that cannot happen. Because as we see, they're sponging the various records on archives and so forth. But if this thing was on chain, the story broke, the sources were documented, the transactions, the information, everything was there. And guess what? If there was an error, if something has to be redacted, there's going to be a chain of that change. So I think that is very important. Brings back the whole trust issue. So massive, massive TAM, total addressable market. Billions of people do not trust their media sources. Billions of people do not trust the information that they're being told. At the very least, you could say hundreds of millions because let's just say certain people don't have internet access or whatever it might be. But yes, a huge market, a huge opportunity. But as I said when I first opened up with this, there is a massive caveat when it comes to this business right here. So media businesses, they sound glamorous, they sound great and everything. However, they are very hard to run. It is much easier to get to a eight-figure business than it is to get to a nine or a 10-figure business, meaning that it's easier to get to $10 million than it is to get to $100 million. It is very hard to bring it to that next level. Now, a lot of people might be saying $10 million, that is a lot of money, that's great. Why not go that route? Again, tying all the stuff in together, it is very hard. You're gonna have to have some connections, you have to know what you're doing, you have to have the passion, because this is not an easy business. There's either going to be two models, and trust me when I know from the podcast, it's either gonna have to be somehow, you're gonna have to have ad dollars,
dollars or there's going to have to be another stream of income that's coming in, whether it be selling products, selling services related to this business or relying on donations, whatever it might be, that is how it's going to have to happen. Because at the end of the day, media businesses are not glamorous. I can tell you that firsthand. You can speak to anyone that runs a newsletter, anyone that runs podcast, TV station, whatever it might be. It is not easy. But if you have the passion for it, it is absolutely amazing. For example, whether or not I'm monetizing this podcast, guess what? I enjoy speaking about these topics. I enjoy researching, connecting with people in the space. And that is just an awesome thing. I did it for, I don't know, maybe 400 straight episodes without having any kind of idea of how I was ever going to monetize this thing. Completely out of passion and excitement. And it wasn't until somewhere around episode 400 where I said, hey, you know what? I see potential for revenue by working with businesses, creating contacts and basically doing a spinoff business and using this to showcase what I do rather than directly monetizing the thing. But there is no way I would have got to episode 400 and figuring all that out without actually having the passion to keep doing this, keep driving this. So if this is something that you end up starting, Don't even dip your feet into it if you're not passionate about news and doing this sort of thing, regardless of how much money you think you can make from it, but do your own research. But as far as monetizing, as I said, I opened up this thing right before I started by saying there is niftybusiness.show slash support. If you're interested in supporting this show, please feel free to check that out. But as usual, I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.